Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Who is here today and wants to have an encounter with the risen Jesus? Of course, that's why we're here. We've got to keep remembering that. You know, we're not here to play church, we're not here to go through the motions, we're not here to get all religious, we're actually here to have an encounter with the risen Jesus. So let's pray this morning as we open God's word that that would be true. God, this morning, God, as we open your word, we know it is living and it's active, you are speaking to us through it. God, we know that your Holy Spirit is here, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And we just say, uh, welcome, Holy Spirit, come and minister to us, change us, transform us from the inside out. God, we, uh, we are people who are just desperate for your power and your presence in our lives. I pray this morning, even right now, you'd just be softening our hearts, ready to receive what you have for us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're starting this new series called Encounter. We're going to look at some uh, stories of ordinary people that had encounters with Jesus, all sorts of different people. And I I reckon uh, their story is going to intersect with our story. As we see what happens in their encounter with Jesus, we can see something of the way that we can encounter Jesus today and have our lives changed. This is what happened when people encountered Jesus. Their lives were transformed. Sometimes it happened instantly and sometimes it happened over time and we don't all you can't always see how it happens we don't always have an explanation for it it's mysterious you know the spirit of God is at work in us in mysterious ways but as people encounter Jesus their lives are changed forever we see people that you know are full of sin and shame being set free from their past actually walking away after an encounter with Jesus who and uh, and, and they they're set free from their past, to be part of a, a new community and filled with grace. We see people that are sick who walk away healed. We see people who are skeptical uh, about who Jesus is and walk away filled with hope and, and with faith. You know, we f- see people that are broken that walk away and uh, they are made whole on the inside. We see people that, uh, I've forgotten the last one. Oh, blind. We see people that, you know, are blind and actually they have an encounter with Jesus and them and the people around them can actually start to see both spiritually and physically. And we just want to create some space in all of our services in different ways over this next little while for people to encounter Jesus. You know, there's a time just at the end of this message of just uh, a chance to, to let, let Jesus renew our hearts this morning. I really believe this is the word he's put in my, in my heart this morning. He just wants to do some renewing in, in people's hearts. We're going to look at a story today of a, of a really good man that encounters Jesus. He's gooder than any of you. He's gooder than me. He's an incredibly good man. Respected man, religious man, really good teacher. He's a really good guy. His whole life, he's been seeking to do good for God. His whole life. Good guy. His name's Nicodemus. His story of his encounter with Jesus is in John chapter 3. So open your Bible. It says there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night Here's some things I just want us to remember. Firstly, he's a Pharisee. He's got a funny name. He's a member of the Jewish ruling council. It's the Sanhedrin. And he came to Jesus at night. Just remember those things as we look at this encounter, all right? He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. 
And Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. At this point, Nicodemus does not know who Jesus is. He he doesn't know that he's the Messiah, that he's the Son of God. What he does know is that Jesus is doing a whole bunch of powerful things and he's a man that's been seeking God and seeking to do good things for God his whole life. And so he seeks out Jesus. He gets into the presence of Jesus, but it says he comes at night. We don't exactly know why he comes at night, but the, uh, the story as it rolls on in John's Gospel continues to say that he comes at night. So it's significant. We, we don't know whether he... Uh, came at night because he wanted to get a one-on-one encounter with Jesus and during the day Jesus was constantly surrounded by crowds or we don't know whether Nicodemus was embarrassed to be associated with Jesus. He didn't want his religious buddies to see him, a respected religious man going to see this new young teacher in town who was causing problems. There's every chance it's both. As I've kind of just looked at this story and I thought about who Nicodemus was, he's a man who's been seeking God his whole life. I reckon he wanted to get one-on-one with Jesus and he went at night so that no one would see him because he was embarrassed. As much as he wanted to get close, he was embarrassed to be known or seen with Jesus. But here's a man who's been seeking to do good for God his whole life. You know, if, if there was a way of getting to God by being self-righteous, Nicodemus had reached the top of the pile in his culture. He'd reached the pinnacle of self-righteousness. Firstly, he's a Pharisee. The Pharisees prided themselves on being a people who were really focused on careful observance of the Old Testament law. You know, that's what their, their world was about. They, they, they knew all of the 600-odd Old Testament laws and then over the years, their, their teachers and elders had crafted all of these extra laws to sit around the laws to make sure that they never broke any of the laws. He was a man who's obeyed God's law his whole life and he's done it well. Because he's actually become not just a Pharisee, he's become a leader of the Pharisees. He's become part of the Sanhedrin. Only 70 people got to be in this, this, this group called the Sanhedrin. You know, Nicodemus was a guy who is kind of, he's reaching the pinnacle of self-righteousness. As a Pharisee, he would have memorized the first five books of the Old Testament. Would have known it off by heart. Would have known all of the Old Testament laws. He would have fasted two days a week. I'm telling you, he's good. Anyone in this room fasted two days a week for God every week this year? I didn't think so. I mean, he's gooder than you. He's he's a he's a man who tithed everything. His money, his livestock his vegetables that he grew in his garden, his herbs, everything. His first 10%. I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand to tell me who's done that, because that might get embarrassing. But he's a good guy. He's a guy who prays two hours every day as a Pharisee. Never misses. You know, worshipping in the temple, he's in the Sanhedrin, It also says that he's an old man, and so he's probably become one of the elders of the 70, kind of one of the the top 12 of the 70. And then later in John 3, we'll see that he's actually, Jesus actually calls him the teacher of Israel. There's every chance Nicodemus is one of the top two or three teachers of the whole of Israel. You talk about a guy who's been seeking to do good for God his whole life. This guy has reached the pinnacle of self-righteousness. There's no higher that he can go. 
And yet Jesus, before this encounter with Nicodemus, when he's actually teaching his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, he actually takes all the Old Testament laws. He says, you've heard it said, don't murder. I'm telling you, don't even... And most of us are going, yeah, I've managed to do that. I've followed that law. I haven't murdered anyone this week. Then he says, I'm telling you, don't even hold anger in your heart towards your brother or sister. Well, that's a little more difficult. He says, you heard it said, don't commit adultery. I'm telling you, don't even look lustfully at a person who's not your husband or your wife. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's better to throw that away than your whole body to end up in the fires of hell. Cut your hand off if it's causing you to sin. It's better than your whole body. And yeah, he says in this passage of Scripture, in this famous sermon, he says, he says, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, your righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees. And then right at the end of that bit of the sermon, he says, actually, not only have you got to, you know, do better than the Old Testament law, not only have you got to do better than the Pharisees to enter the kingdom of God, actually, you've got to be perfect like your heavenly Father is perfect. That's, that's a troubling message for all of us. And here Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, the guy who has reached the pinnacle of self-righteousness, close as, as close to perfect as possible, he says, you Nicodemus, good man, seeking to do good your whole life, you must be born again. You see, if we saw Nicodemus walk through those doors, we'd think, he's the guy. I mean, we'd nominate him for the Board of Elders. In fact, I reckon there's a whole bunch of you, if you saw Nicodemus, you'd go, it might be time to start looking for a new senior pastor. I mean, th this guy is good. Our current senior pastor, you know, he, he's only fasted two days this whole year. You know, our current senior pastor, he's only memorised the first three books of the Bible. <laughs> he, he, he only prays one and a half hours every morning. You know, our current senior pastor forgot to tithe his vegetables uh, during the week. Actually, I'd happily give you all my vegetables. But, you know, here's a guy we look at and go, man, he's, he's the real deal. He's a good guy. And yet Jesus says to him, you must be born again. All of your effort to be self-righteous is not going to get you to God. He says, if you want to see the kingdom of God, and then a little bit later he's going to say, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, if you want to know the, the, the grace of God, if you want to know the rest that God has promised for his people, let's make it really simple, you, you want to be in heaven one day? and receive all that God ha has promised you, no amount of self-righteousness is going to get you there. It doesn't matter how good you are. You've got to be born again. You, gotta need, you need a new beginning. He's saying every single one of us needs a new beginning. And it's kind of as good news for those who are broken and needy and right down the bottom of the ladder... It's not so good news for those who have kind of got life together. You see, we, we've all got a Pharisee default setting. And not just in the church, also outside the church. You see it in our culture all the time. You know, we, we think people that have really had not that much interest in spiritual things through their life, but they've been doing good. They've been respectable people. They've, they've lived with good morals. They get to the end of their life and everyone else who's really not paid much attention to spirituality through their life go, oh, they're going through the pearly gates. You know, they're going to be welcomed into heaven because of all the good things they've done for people. We've got this Pharisee default setting both in the church and outside the church. And yet Jesus says... You want to enter the kingdom, your self-righteousness has got to exceed that of the Pharisees. Actually, you must be perfect like your father. In heaven is perfect. 
This is actually, you've you got to be born again. You need a whole new beginning. This word that's translated again is the word another, and it actually means born from above. Born again from above. What Jesus is making really abundantly clear, both in the Sermon on the Mount and in this encounter with Jesus, is that you want to come into the kingdom of God. It's only God that can bring you there. It's only God that can do it in your life. You need a a new birth into the things of God. See, the problem is with our pharisaical default setting of just thinking we can do good to get to God is that sin is insidious. Sin sin makes such a mess of our lives, our relationships, our families, our communities, the nations that we're a part of. If we're going to enjoy an eternal life with God, sin needs to be weeded out once and for all. If sin still taints the way that we live and the way that we think, if sin still taints our hearts and our motivations, then heaven's not going to be a good place. If there's still jealousy, even if we're not murdering people, even if we're not committing adultery every other week, if, if there's still jealousy and envy and bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts, we're not going to enjoy heaven. We're not going to enjoy eternal life. And so seeking to do good and a little bit good all the time is never going to be enough. We, we actually need to be born into a whole new life where the poison of sin has been weeded out. And the second reason that the kind of let's do good to get to God idea is not good news is because it doesn't offer us any help right now here on earth. It's just God, if I do good for long enough, then one day when I die, I'll see God. I'll get to enter the kingdom. It doesn't help us now. And so when Nicodemus, the old teacher, comes to Jesus, the new teacher on the block, Jesus says to him, I'm not here to give you a whole list of laws to follow. I'm not here to give you some new laws to follow. I'm here to give you a whole new life to enter into. I'm I'm here to give you a whole new life to be born into. You must be born again into a new life. And it's got nothing to do with what you've done in the past. It's a new beginning. You see, a baby has no control over their birth. You know, two parents have, you know, some control. They might initiate the birth, but even those parents have got no guarantee it's going to result in a birth. You know, um, a baby doesn't have any control over their delivery date about when they come in to this new world and see this new world. Mothers think they have a little bit of control over that. They've tried all sorts of things over the years. I bet some in this room when you're about eight and a half months pregnant have decided, man, I'm going to walk and do lots of exercise and get this baby out. Some of you have tried eating spicy curries. Come on, put your hand up and, and be honest. A bunch of you tried that. Anyone here tried castor oil, old wives' tale? Put your hand up really high. You're a liar. I, rem- I remember that day. It was a bad day for mother, baby, and husband. You know, we think we got some control. But we call it the miracle of birth for a reason. It's something that God has done. It's God that brings about physically. And here he's also saying this spiritual rebirth that I want to give you, it's from above. It's not something that you make your way to some pinnacle to get to God, it actually comes down from heaven to earth. I'm going to bring you into a whole new life. And Nicodemus responds on a very physical level. Nicodemus says, verse 4, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. 
Now, Nicodemus, at this point, he's either being a bit sarcastic to Jesus or he just doesn't get it. He's thinking on this his physical level. He says, born again, how, how can an old man like me you know, get back into my mother's womb and have a, a new birth and come out new? You know, we've all been reminded this week that we're all going to get old one day. Some of us might already be old, some of us are getting old, but we're all going to get old one day. This FaceApp thing has gone nuts on social media this week. If you're on social media, you can't help but have seen this. And you can put your face into an app and it shows you what you're going to look like when you get old. It shows us the ageing process that's happening to all of us. I just put a few people into it this week just to have a look. This is, this is what I'm going to look like in about 20 uh, years' time, apparently. Not exactly a silver fox. And, uh, you know, Mark, you see up here, he looks like he's 14. He's looked like he's 14 for the last 15 years. But uh, one day he is going to get old and look like this. You know, Ben, young youth pastor, he's hip and cool, wears cool clothes and got fancy holes in his ears and, you know, funny haircuts and, you know, he thinks he's, uh, you know, pretty young and fashionable, but he too is going to get old and daggy like the rest of us one day. You know, Cirque thinks he's been waiting forever to plant this church in the city and he has waited patiently uh, for this to happen and he's not going to be an old man like this by the time uh, we plant our city uh, campus. But uh, looks like you put on a bit of weight there too, Cirque, so look, <laughs> look, look forward to that, Megan. Um, hey, but good news, he's not waiting much longer. We're planting our city campus on the 11th of August. It's going to be a big party. Really exciting, really exciting. He's going to be an old hipster city pastor getting around his lime scooter looking like that one day. And even my beautiful wife Susan one day is going to get old and this is what she's going to look like. <laughs> That's what FaceApp tells me. <laughs> I told you she's a lot older than me. Actually, no, nah, this is what we're, we're going to go, grow old graciously together. Have a look at that. <laughs> I tell you, I, I'm, I'm going home, I'm stopping at the first chemist, I am going to moisturise my head off. I tell you, I've never moisturised uh, in my life, but I am starting after that. Ageing is inevitable. It is. On the outside, we get old and wrinkly. Our bodies are slowly dying and wearing out and you can hydrate, you can moisturise. Who's moisturised today? Just put your hand up. Wayne used lavender moisturiser this morning. I can't believe you admitted that, Wayne. That's embarrassing. But we, 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 we moisturise to, to keep our, our skin young and, and, and supple. Some of us might use Botox to kind of, just put your hand up. If, no, don't. <laughs> we kind of slow down, try and slow down the aging process to, to kind of renew the outside of us. Nicodemus says you can't go in and get a new physical body. But what Jesus says is that we can be renewed spiritually on the inside. Even on the outside, as we're wasting away and getting a little old and crusty, we can be renewed on the inside. Listen to what Jesus goes on to say. He says, how can someone be born when the old Nicodemus asked? And Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. What, what Jesus is saying to this really good guy, seeking God his whole life, he's saying everyone needs their heart renewed by the Spirit of God. Everyone needs a new beginning with God, a new birth into a new life. And everyone needs their heart renewed by the Spirit of God. There's been a whole lot of debate 
around these verses, particularly when it talks about being born of the water and the Spirit. You can read commentaries that give you seven different understandings of that. Some people said, you know, it's, we all need a physical birth, water, amniotic fluid. Uh, it's, it's a physical birth, and we all need a spiritual birth, the Spirit coming into our lives. I doubt that's what it's talking about. The preposition of in, uh, in, in the scriptures there. It's actually, it's, it's a single preposition. It's talking about one birth. So even when it talks about water and spirit, it's actually talking about one birth. Some people have, have read it as, you know, water is Christian baptism and the Holy Spirit, and spirit is the spirit coming into our lives at baptism. As important as I believe baptism is, I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about in, uh, in, when, when he has this encounter with Nicodemus because a little bit later as we read, we'll see he has a go at Nicodemus in quite a pointed way for not understanding what he's saying. He says, Nicodemus, you're a teacher of Israel. I can't believe you don't get this. Christian baptism hasn't even been initiated at this point. It would be a bit unfair for Nicodemus to have understood what Christian baptism was going to become as a teacher of Israel. So it's something that Nicodemus already knows about, has already been promised. Something that's in the Old Testament scriptures that he'd, that he'd heard and he'd read about from the prophets. Jesus is pointing back to a promise and as you hear it, you can see Jesus' words coming to fruition uh, in this encounter. In Ezekiel chapter 36, God is promising his people, this is what's going to happen one day, I'll sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I'll cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your old, crusty, worn-out heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh that's soft, ready to receive. And I'll put my spirit in you and I'll move you. My spirit will actually move in your heart to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws." It's a beautiful picture of water as the thing that cleanses and refreshes and renews us. And of the Spirit, you know, our hearts being soft to receive, you know, uh, the move of the Holy Spirit in, in our lives, having such a, a powerful effect that it actually, it transforms us in such a way that, that we don't just work harder to do good, but our desires start to change. When the Holy Spirit moves in our hearts, we, we actually desire something new. We desire what God desires. He's saying everyone needs their heart renewed by the Spirit of God. And Nicodemus probably thought that this prophecy was for all of Israel as a nation. And Jesus is saying it's for every single person, Nicodemus. We all need it as individuals. Even you, who's been seeking God your whole life and trying to do good your whole life, even you need to be renewed on the inside by the Spirit of God. And I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you. You no longer just need to follow laws written on stone. I'm actually going to write my words on your heart, it says a little bit later. This is uh, my grandmother when she was uh, a young lady in, uh, in the army or she's just, it's the day the war finished, my grandfather served in New Guinea and came back with malaria, my grandmother nursed him, she was a nurse in the, uh, in the army and uh, she was young, she was 25 and uh, you know she had a whole life in front of her but my, my grandmother who's uh, 99 doesn't need face app, alright, this is what she looked like a couple of, uh, couple of weeks ago. You know, she has got old and uh, wrinkly on the outside and actually on Tuesday her body finally wore out and she passed away and she went to be with Jesus. Her, her old body, it got old and wrinkly. In fact, I, I have thought my grandmother has been old forever. I, I, she tells me the story of when I was a little kid I, uh, I said to her, uh, Grandma, the skin on your neck looks like Kentucky Fried Chicken. 
And, and it did. It was all warbly, you know. And uh, that was 40 years ago. So, you know, she's, like the rest of us, has been getting old most of her life and, and her, her body is, is worn out. I saw her a couple of months ago and she says, I look in the mirror and I can't believe this old person looking back at me with all these wrinkles. She says, I go to funerals and I'm always older than the person in the box. <laughs> On Tuesday, uh, she, her body did uh, wear out and she was ready. She was so ready to go home and to uh, be with Jesus. She was a very old-fashioned lady. She uh, would never have thought of getting Botox or probably didn't even moisturise, wasn't all that worried, to be honest, uh, about outward appearance. But she was incredibly intentional about her heart being renewed every day. She was incredibly intentional about allowing God's space to renew her heart every day. I, I, I remember from the youngest of, from my youngest days, she'd always have her Every Day with Jesus book next to her bed and her Bible, and there'd be little scribbled notes that I could never read her writing, but I could see that she's written down things that, that God has said to her. And then there was this old notepad that was sitting there that had all our names in it and things that she was praying for her whole family every day. It sounds old-fashioned today to do this, but I'm telling you, God renewed her heart every day. Even though her old body got weary and wore out, her heart kept being renewed. And I, I got the honour on, uh, on Tuesday this week of uh, leading her funeral service and Thanksgiving service in the church where she's been a member for 67 years. You know, she has served... God in the army in World War II. She served her family throughout her life. She served her church. She led the women's movement and her denomination across the whole state. She's a, a lady that just gave away so much of God to other people. Why could she keep doing this? Because she allowed God to renew her heart every day. I tell you, it might be old-fashioned, but it works. Now, Jesus says, the Spirit, you can't see where it's come from, but you see its effect. I, I look at the life of my grandmother, who I just know people are going to testify all day on Tuesday that she loved God with all her heart and loved people with all her heart. And when we get together as a family, we're having a big uh, dinner on Tuesday night, every single person in that room is a follower of Jesus, knows the grace of Jesus. She prayed us into the kingdom every day for years. I tell you, you can't see what the Spirit's doing sometimes when you give Him space to renew your heart. But I tell you, if we just spent the same amount of time letting Jesus renew us on the inside as, as we give to getting you know, our body renewed and our body clean on the outside, I think we would see God move in more powerful ways. It says in 2 Corinthians, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. That's true for all of us. Inwardly we're being renewed day by day. You're being renewed day by day? We need to be. It's this beautiful picture of water cleansing and refreshing of the Spirit making us new. My son Joey rang me a couple of weeks ago and he said, uh, Dad, my car's overheated and stopped on the side of the road. I said to him, mate, have you put any water or oil in it recently? No. Nah. Where do I do that? Hadn't put any. He'd washed it just that weekend. He wanted to impress a girl. And so he cleaned all the outside, made the outside all look good. He even, you know, got rid of all the rubbish, you know, that was kind of laying around in it. But, but he didn't put any water or oil in the engine, so it stopped on the side of the road. 
I tell you, don't let that happen to you. Everything looks good on the outside, but on the inside you neglect being renewed day by day. Jesus uh, finishes this encounter with Nicodemus by you know, essentially saying everyone who believes in the Son of God can receive this new life with God, both now and forever. It's not just something that happens after we die, but we receive this new life now. At the, I'm not going to read it all, uh, the end of this bit, but uh, towards the end he says, uh, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is a strange story that Jesus uses from Numbers chapter 21. It's a weird story. Moses and the children of Israel are out in the wilderness, and uh, they're getting bitten by venomous snakes, and they're dying. And they cry out to God to save them. And God asks them to do this weird thing. He says, put up a pole... And on the pole, put the very thing that's actually killing you. He says, put a bronze statue of a snake up on the pole and every person that looks up at that pole will be saved from the poison that's in their body. And God was true to his word. They put a pole up and they put the very thing that was causing them to, to uh, be poisoned and die up on that pole. And because they responded in faith, they believed what God had said and looked up to that pole, they were saved from the toxin, the poison that was in their body. And, and Jesus is saying, that's what I've come to do. I, I, that's what the Son of Man who came from heaven has come to earth to do. You can't make your way to God by doing good and so God has come down and found a way to actually make you perfect in his sight and so the very thing that is poisoning your lives the very thing that is poisoning mankind the very thing that is poisoning your relationships your families your communities that you're a part of will be nailed to that cross you see the perfect man came to earth and he became sin for us and sin was nailed to that cross. The very thing that poisons our heart and poisons our soul, poisons our lives. He became sin for us. He was put to death. On the third day he rose from the dead and he defeated the power of that poisonous sin once and for all. And Jesus is saying, anyone who believes in him, anyone who looks up at what Jesus has done on the cross for them will receive this new life where, where the, the power, the penalty and the poison of sin, it flows through our bodies. You know, its, it's power will be gone. It'll be defeated. And we can live this new life with the Spirit actually at work within us, giving us power to live the life that we've always been designed to live and it changes you and I, I love the fact that Nicodemus's story isn't an instant transformation because I don't think many of us have instant transformations all the time we see lots of stories of instant transformation but it appears Nicodemus is a gradual one his heart gets renewed a bit at a time you see, the other two times we see Nicodemus show up is in John chapter 7. And uh, the Pharisees, Nicodemus' mates, uh, are saying, we've got to arrest this Jesus and stop him teaching what he's teaching. And Nicodemus actually comes out of the dark a little bit. He doesn't nail his colours to the mast and say, I'm a follower of Jesus. But he says, hey, maybe we should listen to this guy a bit more. There's something just starting to change in Nicodemus. But then the last time we see Nicodemus is actually in John chapter 19 and uh, Jesus has been nailed to a cross and all of the big brave disciples have run away. And the people that are left are uh, his mum and, and Mary Magdalene. They're looking up at, uh, at Jesus 
body on the cross. And who shows up? But Nicodemus. John chapter 19 says this. It says, Later Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was the disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. It sounds like he had a similar story to Nicodemus' story. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. It was actually enough to bury a king. You see, when, when common criminals were crucified on the cross, they were thrown on a garbage heap and their, their bodies were burnt. When normal people died, they were wrapped in some uh, spices and the family would look after them, you know, uh, somewhere, put, the, put them in a family grave or a family tomb. But what Nicodemus has done here, he turns up with the spices that you would use to bury royalty, to bury a king. That's why I think John goes to the effort of naming how much. It's unusual. The Jewish custom was the Jewish custom for a king. And so here we see this, this really good man who's been seeking to do good his whole life has an encounter with Jesus, here's something that's quite troubling to him. He has to be born again. He's actually right down the bottom with the broken and the needy and everybody else. Needs a new beginning like everybody else. Discovers that he too is a person who needs renewing and refreshing on the inside. Needs that new birth of water that cleanses and forgives us all of our sin, makes us perfect in God's sight. And the Spirit just filling our lives, blowing into our lives and having such a powerful effect that even though we can't see exactly where it comes from, we see the effect of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is what I reckon we're seeing at the end of Nicodemus's life. Here is a man who's had an encounter with Jesus and we see a renewed passion for worship, an extravagance in worship. He just worships Jesus by treating him like a king. And we see a new boldness, a renewed boldness in his witness. He's come out of the dark. He's no longer just in the shadows. He's, the whole of Jerusalem knows that he's with Jesus. Him, him and uh, Joseph of Arimathea, who were secret followers, have let the whole city know we're with Jesus. We believe he's the saviour who's been put up on a cross to make us perfect because we couldn't do it on our own. And we believe he's the king he needs to be extravagantly worshipped. And God has done a work in his heart and he's changed him. Hey, I, uh, I just reckon God wants to do some renewing here this morning. I'm going to ask us to stand together. I'm going to get our prayer team to come down the front. And I'm going to get our worship team just to sing over us for a little while. The words aren't going to come up on the screen, but they're just going to begin to sing over us. And what I believe God wants to do here, I reckon this church is full of people who have been seeking to do good their whole lives, and that's great. We're called to, to, to serve God and to do good for Him. But he, but he wants us to do it out of an overflow of the Spirit in our lives. He wants to renew us day by day. Because he knows that just like our bodies get old and, and wear out, that our hearts get weary, our hearts can get hard and crusty, our hearts can get full of fear, our hearts get tired and need renewing. I just want us to create some space to have our own encounter with the Spirit of God this morning, to let God's Spirit just renew hard hearts and tired hearts, broken hearts.
I reckon what's going to happen is God just takes a hold in our hearts as we just say, I'm here to receive. You, you can't always see what's happening. But there'll be a powerful effect. I believe you know, what God is wanting to do specifically this morning is just to renew our passion for Jesus, renew our passion to worship Him and to powerfully witness for Him. Come on, as Helen just sings over us this morning, just come and receive. Just come and say, God, renew my heart. Refresh my soul. You know, pour that life-giving water. Pour the, the oil of the Holy Spirit into my heart. Renew me. Something's got a little old and crusty. Come on, just come and receive as, uh, as Helen sings this morning. Come on, just start coming now. Just come, begin to receive. Just come, Holy Spirit. Come and move amongst us. Come and move in our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and stir us up with a new passion for you. Come and renew that which has become tired and weary. God, come and do your thing this morning. Come on, just come. Just come and receive. As Helen just sings over us for a moment. Come on, just come. Just come. We'll find some more people to pray. We'll get some people to gather around you and pray. Open your hands and just begin to receive what God has for you. As these guys just speak, speak the goodness of God over you. Hey, if you want to come and just pray for someone this morning, just come and do that. As you just notice someone that God puts on your heart, just come and pray for them. If you're here this morning, you just know you need something. There's a renewing God wants to do, and He's so good at doing it, He's so generous and just pouring His Spirit into our lives. If you're here this morning, say, God, fill me up with Your, your water, life-giving water, with the oil of the Holy Spirit. God, just come. Come and make me new on the inside. Renew what is dry. Come on, just come and just let someone pray for you this morning. It's where you are this morning. Just receive what He has for you.
pray that you would pour out your spirit into our hearts. God, that you would renew us today and day by day. God, I pray just like oil you know, be poured into our lives that would just bring, you know, a fresh love and fresh grace. God, pour out your healing power into our hearts. God, wash us clean this morning. God, just give us a new joy in your presence, an extravagance in worship to lift up your name. God, give us a new courage to, to boldly witness for you and just tell others of your good deeds, of the good things that you have done. God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us today. Hey, just while everyone's eyes are closed and heads bowed for a minute, if you're here this morning and you just say, I need a new beginning. I Today's my day to ask Jesus into my life. I want to be born again by putting my faith in Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Jesus says you must be born again if you want to see the Kingdom of God. This morning, you just want to pray a prayer with me. Everyone else got their eyes closed and head bowed for a moment. If you just want to pray a simple prayer, asking Jesus for that new birth. Come on, just stick your hand up just so I can see it just for a moment. Say, that's my prayer today. Come on, I know there's some of you here today. It's that today's the day for a new beginning. Just stick your hand up just a little, just so I can, I can see it this morning. Who's here this morning and say, bless you down the front there. That's awesome. Who else today? Say, that's just my day. I want that new beginning, that new birth. Bless you, that's cool. Bless you, out the back, I see that hand, good man, good man, best decision you'll make. Just pray with me, if that's you this morning, just pray along in your, uh, in your heart with me, just in the quietness of your heart. God, I'm sorry for the way that I have sinned against you. I don't want to live in the poison of sin any longer. I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask today that you would forgive my sin. Wash me clean. Make me new. I choose today to follow Jesus as my King. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we just encourage those guys the, uh, this morning? We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ or would like us to pray for you, please go to gatewaybaptist.com.au and let us know.